Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Okay, well, it is 1 o'clock on a Monday afternoon. Hello, I'm Dave Thompson. I am the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. We are talking this week, like most everybody, about COVID-19 and all of the issues that go with it. We are live on the air, so if you have a question, see, we have a couple of people on the line with us this afternoon. If you have a question, uh, type it in. And then uh, if uh, we want to talk about it live on the air between us, uh, you can call in after that. So please uh, join in the conversation this afternoon, if you will. I think the thing here before we get too far into today's uh, show is that I want to talk about the fact that uh, I'm almost calling this first responder Monday because as I have heard from a number of individuals, Facilities were figuring out last week what to do, how to set things up. They were closing facilities, and it seems like they were getting things organized. And today, if you're probably in an educational facility, all of the classes are canceled. All the students are gone. Uh, Bus drivers are delivering food um, to shelters and to locations. Um, If you're in the support staff at a school, you're probably working on a Monday while most everybody else is at home. Now, as I say that, there's probably teachers that are saying, oh, no, paraprofessionals are probably saying, no, we're working. Uh, But they're not in there with a class of students is what I'm saying. Cafeteria workers are probably doing some of their part, getting the lunches together. But by and large, we have facilities that now that are needing to be, well, if you will, decontaminated in preparation for when students do come back. If you're in Florida, that's at this moment, probably going to be around April the 15th, as we know. So uh, one of the things I want to tell you uh, right before we get started this afternoon with uh, any questions that might be coming in, one of the things that we've done here at the Academy of Cleaning Excellence Uh, is that we have made available to you an online course uh, for staying safe. Um, This is going to be for the frontline custodians. You know, they are battling an unseen, an invisible enemy. They are going to be on the front line to protect uh, everyone else what they do, how they do it, when they do it, with what they do it with is probably on uh, more than one person's mind today as they start uh, a very valuable job. 
there's a number of courses that the academy has and I'm, I'm not trying to make this sound like a sales show but these are the questions that we're getting asked right now so if you're live on the air with us and you have a question and you'd like to put it in uh, please do so I'll take almost any question that uh, comes up um, so we've got this free class somebody has already asked this morning how long is that going to take uh, you know what it depends on if you watch all of the videos that we put into it if you read every line in it and if you're new to the industry or if you're old so it's hard for me to always say on an online course exactly how long it's going to take but if you're what we would consider today a first responder in the custodial field then this course was designed to help keep you safe and of course I'm just going to give you a few hints before we go much further um, first you got to understand what COVID-19 is you've got to understand what a pathogen is you've got to understand how it's transmitted from place to place um, one of the biggest things I think that people need to understand right now if you're going in to decontaminate a facility is how to assess the risk to you as a frontline worker if you're going in to take care of this facility there's three levels that we teach here and that is low risk medium risk and high risk now I would say if you're in a public facility that is not a healthcare organization you're probably not going to be in a high risk area you're probably going to be in what we would consider medium or low risk and it's hard to put a number to this this afternoon as to what percentage of low risk that you're going to be in whenever you go in to decontaminate the facility and when I say decontaminate and understand what we're talking about this afternoon is not decontaminating from COVID-19 we're talking about decontaminating it from all pathogens that could create an illness because as people have started to understand uh, those of us on the front line to decontaminate this surface or these surfaces we're not here just to worry about one type of pathogen we have all of them to consider so I think you're probably going to be most generally at low risk this means that what you need to have is you need to have a face mask I don't care what it is you can choose what you want to something that goes over your nose and your mouth if you want to use goggles or a face shield that's totally up to you the reason that you would use any of those is to keep you from touching the entrance points on your face to the infectious uh, agent that you come in contact with now recognize what I'm saying I didn't say gloves first I didn't mention that one right away most people do we'll get to that but the reason you're going to put something over your eyes nose and mouth is to keep the pathogen that does get on your glove from going to your face we talk about this every single afternoon because it's the most important thing folks in and in, in protecting that frontline worker that's now going in to decontaminate that area that's your major concern everybody knows to put on gloves now our best practice that we teach here at the Academy is to use nitrile gloves that go over the wrist one of the other things that we wrote in the course for you is to understand that you also need to take your gloves off and wash your hands 
at least once an hour. Now, the reason you're doing this is to well, more or less create a habit for yourself. Um, as a frontline worker myself, uh, during times of my career, this is all about creating a habit because we do get involved in what we're doing. We forget that we need to do certain things. I see some people have jumped on and off of the chat this afternoon. It's about 10 minutes after one. I appreciate your uh, comments as you've come on. Um, we do have a series of several classes that have been very popular. I just kind of wanted to go through those a little bit. The other class that seems to be popular is a recording that we did uh, back on the 27th of February. It was about the uh, COVID-19 and some of the things that you need to recognize. We do have up there a two-hour recorded class for that that you can um, get to. The other one uh, that uh, many people didn't know was available and you should know about is the electrostatic sprayer certification course. Interestingly enough, over the weekend, we had several people uh, taking the course. As you might have heard on my podcast yesterday, I got just a little excited. Uh, apologize about that in one way and not in another. Uh, because it was interesting is uh, after uh, everything was said and done, I did have some comments from several individuals that had taken uh, the course and had responded back that they did not know some of the information and that they were going to be able to actually provide a better service to their clients now that they had the information. And this is what education is all about. If we do not get education and it is not kept up to date, if it is not current, then we're probably missing something. And so this is why here at the Academy, we try to stay as uh, current and forward thinking in everything that we do. We've got three words that we try to live by here at the Academy. That is healthy, positive, and proactive. And this is the way we try to keep these courses. So you will not find uh, very many pre-recorded sessions. And even the ones you do find, most of those are from live classes. So uh, here what we do is we promote live remote learning, uh, live in-class learning, and not the old, uh, well, what should I say, the, the DVD, uh, old tape uh, recordings, you know, things like that. So that being said, uh, in all of these classes, you will find some live recordings of classes that we've done in the past. We encourage you to join us. Um, Actually, in two days, we will be having an infection prevention class. This is kind of what we would say, um, oh, I don't know, what, a medium grade level. Uh, we have a frontline level, which is only an hour or so, which you will find on the online campus. We're also going to have the this medium grade one. And then, of course, there is the, the one for healthcare, which is another online class called the Certified Environmental Services uh, Certification. Now, I know we've got a few people have come on and off. Uh, don't have many questions yet this afternoon. Uh, I wanted to just say that as people are going into these facilities, folks, 
I, I think you need to really think about what it is you're touching first, second, third, how you go about your day. This needs to be some pre-planning. Uh, you might also want to know, depending on how you're doing things, how do you take your gloves on uh, or off? How do you, I mean, everybody knows how to put them on. That's not the problem. It's whenever you get finished and you're, or you're at that one hour time frame where you're getting ready to take your gloves off, do you know exactly how to take your gloves off to keep yourself safe? So my, my point this afternoon is actually talking to uh, frontline individuals the first responders that are dealing with these issues. Now, depending on where you're at, depending on who you're working with, you might know somebody, you might be the one. Um, not everybody's going to be joining me this afternoon. It's probably going to be the frontline worker that actually has to do this on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, they're probably working right now. They're probably doing their thing. But if you've heard this either live this afternoon or in a, our recording, please share with them some of the things that we've talked about. If you're just coming on, we've been talking about the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, talking about, well, how to keep those uh, first responders in our industry, how to keep them safe as they go about their jobs. So. One of the things that we talked about before you guys come on the air, I noticed that we've got a few people online with us uh, listening. We do have a free course that came out this morning. It is COVID-19 Stay Safe for Frontline Knowledge. Uh, gosh, where do we go from here? You know, I was hoping that we'd have a whole lot more people on the line and uh, I could just simply sit here and answer questions. But since there's nobody's you know, throwing questions at me, it's kind of hard to do. I, oh, yes, I will. I will do this. I will do this. You know, I think the other thing when we're talking about the first responders here in our industry, I also think that we need to focus on, well, recognizing who the rock stars are. Um, we've got a lot of people that are going into environments to do their job when other people are staying home. I happen to be one of them. I'm over 60, I have respiratory issues, COPD, I've had double pneumonia, so I am practicing all the social distancing that I possibly can. Um, you know, I guess this is one of those fun times where you can say it's kind of cool to be antisocial. I don't know if that sounds right or not, but uh, if you're in the custodial industry and you know somebody who is taking care of a facility right now today and you want to well give them a shout out or recognize them you can certainly come onto the podcast and we'll be doing this every afternoon or on the other hand go to www.rockstarcustodian.com you'll find all about the rockstar program and what it's there for any person can nominate any other individual other than themselves as a rock star custodian. Now, you will find that we've outlined nine personality traits that we feel um, well designates a rock star custodian. And so what you want to do is go to that website, look at the criteria. If you find you have a person that fits the criteria, please nominate them. Now, even if you don't want to do the nomination and you know somebody else that should nominate somebody, send it to them. 
let them do the nominating. The whole thing here is, is as we go through this, well, pandemic, crisis, whichever way you want to say it, I want to say we need to recognize those people that are uh, taking on the, the battle on the front lines of this infection prevention. You know, one of the things that's interesting as I've seen questions come through this week is how all of a sudden we think that this is so different in what we do. And I, I don't know that uh, it's correct maybe, but we shouldn't be doing anything different today than we should have been doing last month, uh, last year, the year before that. Because here's the thing that, that I'm seeing in most cases, and I know that over the weekend, I kind of got on my soapbox and talked about this quite a bit, but I continue to see even this morning how many people are doing basic things in the cleaning industry incorrectly. Now, yeah, I could say wrong. I could say they don't know what they're doing. You know, I don't know the circumstances for why they're doing what they're doing. All I can say, folks, is this is a time where you need to get professional education on what we should be doing as, you know, well, hey, crisis managers. Yes, we're in a crisis. We have to manage the risk. You know, it's one of the things that I say all the time in our classes that we conduct is that the main reason that we are in a built environment doing what we do is for health and safety. Those are the two reasons we do. Now everybody says, oh, we're there to clean. No, we're not. That's just what we do. We're there to provide a safe building. And so every class that the Academy of Cleaning Excellence puts out, whether it be a live remote, whether it be live in person in the classroom, whether it be one of the online courses. Thank you, folks. I noticed we've got several people on. I'm just kind of talking through a bunch of different things that's on my mind this afternoon. If you have a question regarding anything about infection prevention and facility maintenance, just throw it up there on the board. Uh, if you want to, then after you throw it up on the board and you want to, we'll talk live on the air if you want to call in. So please just join in and throw a question up there. We've been on the air now for about 20 minutes. Yes, you are here on Podbean Live. I am Dave Thompson, the uh, director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. We're talking about anything about infection prevention. I also might want to point out before we go any further that we are sponsored by Jim Supply. They are a janitorial distributor in Central Florida. They have been improving lives with cleaning supplies since 1930, and we're very happy to be a part of them and be uh, able to do what we do here, and that's educating frontline people how to take care of buildings and themselves. Now, as I was going through this a little bit, I was watching different things, and, uh, and if you've listened to any of my podcasts uh, previously this last week, um, I have a real issue, if you will, with the people that are doing, um, well, facility maintenance that's doing what they're doing and not following basic protocols. And I know that I keep talking about this one same thing, but this is just how basic that we need to get back to. And that is you don't put a chemical into a bucket of, uh, into a bucket and then add water to it and create a bucket of foam. This is just something you don't do, not in the cleaning industry today. Now, if you've got a chemical dispenser, 
it dispenses both the chemical and the water. It's going to make and generate some of its own foam, if you will. Now, the way you keep that from happening is you stick the hose in the solution in your bucket instead of holding it up high. It won't make as much foam. These folks are, are things we should know. You don't uh, take chemical and mix it with another chemical. Uh, I had somebody that came on the line here uh, early last week and said, can I mix vinegar with bleach? No, you can't mix vinegar and bleach together. You just can't do that. So if you want to get on the line with me live, I see somebody wants to call in. If you need to first type in a question that you have uh, so that I know what that is before you call in. I appreciate you wanting to call in, but please type in your question or your thought or comment so I know what we're doing here. You know, the whole thing here is there's two reasons you don't do that. One is mixing two chemicals together, well, in a lot of cases can create a toxic gas. The other is, is uh, vinegar is an acid, bleach is an alkaline. You mix the two of these together and they neutralize each other. You can't do it. It doesn't work. There's no reason to. Uh, we had another person that was very serious. And so, like I said, there's no dumb question. Um, I might get a little heated in my response, <laughs> but uh, you, you can't use insect killer to kill coronavirus. Um, I'm sorry. I know that both of them say, you know, that, that disinfectants are killers. And I understand it's an insect killer, but we're not talking about the same microorganisms. Matter of fact, one's not even for a microorganism, and the other one is. Uh, the other one was, could I use furniture polish? No, furniture polish will not kill coronavirus. So as you will see in the courses that we've put out that you'll uh, be able to get, and I'm actually going to put uh, in the show notes for today, a landing page that we're putting together that'll have all these different classes on it. So uh, if you're listening to this, don't get too excited about trying to write down everyone. I mean, they'll be included in the show notes for you. Um, we've also put in there the list uh, from the EPA of all the approved disinfectants for fighting the coronavirus uh, uh, COVID-19. Now, that being said, if you take some of the classes we've already done, you'll find out that many of the disinfectants that we are using today, that we have been using, are effective against COVID-19 for the simple reason. It's one of the easiest viruses to kill, but it also spreads very quickly, as you've seen. It is uh well, it's, it's, it's what it does. It's a, a virus. It kills. It uh, adapts. It multiplies. It copies itself. It's very efficient at what it does. And this is why you're seeing the issues that we're having around the world uh, this week. And as you can see, it's affecting uh, everything that we do. The frontline uh, technicians, as I like to call them all the time, you can call them warriors. You can call them first responders. These people that are going into these environments today and for, well, several weeks, if not months to come, are going to be the ones that are going to be challenged. And as we record this on, uh, what is this, uh, Monday, March the 23rd of 2020, I, I have to say I have not heard of a custodial worker yet 
to have contracted this uh, virus. And of course, then we haven't seen the first death. I hate to say this, but both will happen before this is all over. And this is exactly why we are on the air with you live this afternoon to try to give you the information to say, um, please, please, whether you're the first responder, whether you're the one, hey, you know what, even if you're at home doing this, these are, these are things you should be doing at home. If you've got somebody that does come and visit, now, of course, if it's just your family, um, that's your own personal environment. But if you've got somebody that does come over and visit, which this is happening, uh, you're not going to stay completely isolated for weeks on end. When they do start approaching and do come, pay attention to things. You know, uh, I did get a question, uh, I think it was last week. Is there really directions for using a disinfectant wipe? Yes, there's a direction for almost everything. Uh, if you read the directions on the label of almost any, and I'm not going to name names this afternoon, but almost any wipe that you're using has directions on it. Now, you're the one that's going to have to decide whether you can actually, well, go by the directions on that label or whether you need to use a different product. Uh, I will tell you that personally, I use facial wipes, baby wipes. Why? Well, quite honestly, as I told somebody on the plane last week when I went to Chicago, I said, hey, uh, if you can wipe a baby's backside, why can't I wipe my hands with it? Why can't I wipe a piece of furniture with it? Uh, the seat belt or the, the armrest, uh, safer for me to use. Do I need a disinfectant wipe? My answer to you is no, because if you just simply take the wipe and wipe it one time, you are not disinfecting. I don't care what the label said, because it, I, quite honestly, if you read the directions on the label, it also tells you, use one to clean it and another one to disinfect, and nobody does that. So if you're simply going to give it a one-wipe shot, use a baby wipe. I know, you might not like to hear that, but whenever you need to do that, here's the other thing. I just can't believe how much I see about instant hand sanitizer, and I see very little about soap and water. I know, it's not as, what, flashy uh, to go in and, you know, get to the soap and the water, and I got to spend 20 seconds to do it, but folks, soap and water. The two principles that we talk about every single class, I think I have talked about it every single podcast for the last week, pH and physical removal. There is no better resource for pH and physical removal. Um, if, in fact, I use pH. Now, pH is water. And with that water, we add something to it. In this case, it can be a natural soap. It can be a synthetic soap. It doesn't have to be, and there's no necessity for it to be antimicrobial soap. Now, I know some will disagree with that, and I've seen something that came out recently uh, from CDC saying use an antibacterial. You know what? That's public opinion swaying them because they've been on the other side of that fence for many years. So, folks, here's the thing. Rather than using instant hand sanitizer, use soap and water. Now, here's the last thing I'm going to tell you. 
is as you've used the soap and water and you know the 22nd, you can use whatever music that you want to in your head to sing along with and do the right thing, okay? You've got to wash your hands, not the palm of your hands, but the fingers, in between the fingers and over the wrist. Now, the reason we've been telling you to do this every hour is because 19 times an hour minimum, you're taking your hand and touching some contact point or some entrance point on your face. This is why you should do it at least once an hour. Now, as you do that, then what's going to happen is I need to dry my hands. Folks, don't use the hand dryer. Use paper towel. Now, of all the reasons, because whenever I leave that facility, I don't want to be touching something else because we know that most people do not wash their hands properly. And herein comes where they have now come out and actually said it. Somebody other than Dave from the Academy said this, like the uh, CDC recently came out and said, oh, yes, we now can tell you that there is a fecal oral transfer of this virus. What does that mean? That means that somebody did their business in the restroom, did not take and wash their hand appropriately, and now it's transferred to other places. And what they did is they touched the doorknob and then they rubbed their nose. So this is why we do all this stuff. So as we're talking through this this afternoon, I see some more people have come on and off. What you probably want to do is uh, leave a message on my screen. If there's something you want to talk about or a question, please pop it up there. After you do that, if you want to talk live on the air with me, we'll have you call in and we can talk live on the air. I'd appreciate any question because I'm just kind of rattling on and uh, I see people coming on and off, but we're not getting any questions. That's okay. Maybe I'm giving all the answers already. That's, that's quite fine. So the whole reason for us talking to this afternoon, or you listening to me as I talk, is that we're talking about the first responders in the cleaning industry that are going into these places and now are charged with taking care of them and getting them ready for, well, for us to go back to. There, we are going to go back to these facilities. And we do expect them to be ready for us when we get back. So, you know, as I talked through this, one of the things that I talked about, I think, over the weekend was when I saw somebody taking a microfiber wiper, which was kudos to them, and they were wiping in a circle and then going back and forth, and they were just kind of going all over the place. Now, what's wrong with that? If you take our classes, we'll teach you there is a proper way to use a wiper. And I see very few people using a wiper correctly. So one of the things I teach in best practice is if, in fact, the surface that you're cleaning is smooth and flat, now I didn't say horizontal, it could be vertical, it's smooth and flat, apply your cleaner, clean it off. Now, what's the best way? Well, I will tell you, the best way is to spray it on there with a pump-up sprayer or with an electrostatic sprayer. And did you know that you can spray cleaners through electrostatic sprayers as well as disinfectants? Uh, many times I don't see this. I don't see people talking about this. One of the best practices to apply a cleaner on a surface is through an electrostatic sprayer. Uh, that's going to be your best way to do that. The other thing is, once that you have wiped the surface with a microfiber pad, 
I like pads on the end of a handle or on a holder much better than I do a, a wiper, if you will, um, simply because there's more material there and I can get more pressure. I can clean better. Once you've cleaned the surface, then go back and apply your disinfectant, EPA registered, hospital grade. I'm not going to get on that for just a moment, but I'll come back to that. Apply your EPA registered hospital grade disinfectants to the surface through the pump up sprayer or through the electrostatic sprayer. Let it sit the, the proper dwell time, spray it with rinse water, and then take a squeegee and squeegee that rinse water in any solution off of that surface. That is proper, proper protocol for best practices and processing a surface. Now we always teach in classes all the time, process the surface. You don't clean it, you don't disinfect it, you don't rinse it. What I just explained to you very quickly is a process. And this is best practice protocol for actually cleaning any or processing any surface for COVID-19. Now, if the surface does not allow for you to use that because of its texture or the way it's made, then you have to use the wiper. But what I continue to see on the news and when, when they're going in and, and, and watching custodians uh, process, process their facility is they're just going in with a dirty old rag, spraying a chemical on the wall and running their hands around and around and around and saying that they did it. Um, that's incorrect. The problem is, is that the circular motion of using your wiper creates an upturn of what is on the surface. And now you're putting whatever is on the surface, that virus back into the air and who's breathing it? The frontline worker that's trying to protect other people now is creating a problem for themselves. So folks, what I got to tell you is as you look through this, be more critical of the way that the, the process that you're using. Now, I want to go back for just a moment on something I'd started to hit on, and I didn't want to get off track, but I saw on a website where somebody was wanting a certification from the academy, and they wanted a certification they could put on their website. So I went to their website and was taking a look around at their website. And one of the interesting things I found on there is that it says, we use electrostatic spraying to sanitize and disinfect. But the only chemical that they showed was a disinfectant. And then the thing is, is it said 99.9% .9 disinfection. Well, you can't do disinfection with 99.9%. .9 That's sanitization. So folks, what this tells me is we're putting out fake news. Now, if you're going to promote yourself as a professional uh, organization that you're doing the right thing and that you're qualified to go out here and take care of these facilities. If this is what you're putting on your website, what are you doing to the frontline person that is coming in to do the job? If this is the misinformation you're giving your clients, I hate to think of what happens with the first responder that's going in to take care of that facility. What tools are you giving them? What knowledge do they have? Because you can't even put on your website the correctness of 
using the right words. So folks, if you're listening to this in a recording and I see there's some people live with me this afternoon, thank you. I'm kind of getting on a tear again. It just kind of happens. But you know, if you're going to put something on your website, make sure it's correct. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And during this time where people are looking at your websites, that's your information. They're looking at your marketing material. They're making choices based on what you're telling them. Please tell them the right thing. Because then I looked at the chemical that they were actually talking about. And lo and behold, what it says from the manufacturer of the product is that their product is a multi-purpose general disinfectant. But yet on their website, they promote that they're using a hospital grade EPA registered product. And here's the name of the product, but it's not hospital grade. And they're sanitizing, but yet, or they're disinfecting, but yet it's only 99.9% .9 kill. Folks, this is all totally wrong. You've got to get all of this information right. If you come to an academy class, you'll find all of this information that we teach in there so that you can get this right now. I'm not criticizing the person for doing what they did. They're trying. However, please go to your websites. Please look at them. If you've heard this podcast this afternoon, I'm trying to tell you, you need professional advice. And unfortunately, there is so much misinformation out there that people are forgetting whether they really don't know what is right and what is wrong. And this is our purpose here for this podcast. This is a purpose of, of having professional development classes. We're not bound by any manufacturer or any supplier or, or uh, in, in any particular equipment or chemical. Here at the Academy, we're completely product agnostic. We're here to help you learn what you should know about the cleaning industry from a professional viewpoint. You know what? I've been talking now for about 40 minutes. Uh, there's no questions coming in. I noticed that several people have come on and off. I noticed there's uh, still a number of people on listening to me just kind of rant and rave here this afternoon. It is what I do. Um, you know, I could talk for hours on this, but I'm not sure that everybody wants to hear me talk for an hour. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, you know, it's uh, been a good afternoon chatting out there and giving you some uh, information. I will put into our show notes the link for the landing page for all the classes that we have available so you can get your professional development education. Uh, maybe do the right thing for those frontline uh, first responders are going into these environments this week. I'm sure that we will talk about this more. Don't forget, if you're listening to this on the 25th, we are going to have a class. We're also going to do the class again live on April the 2nd. In both cases, two different uh, time uh, setups. Uh, the March class will be done, uh, I believe the time is from 9 until 3 the April 2nd class is from 11 until 5, both times Eastern. Same class, accredited infection prevention expert. You can go over to Eventbrite and you can catch that. We'll put a link in the show notes. We will be doing that class multiple times over the next few months. It'll always be there available. If you want to, as we have had here over the last few days, 
Some people didn't want to wait for the live class, so they've taken the online version. Uh, please go there. We try to keep that information up to date. You just don't get the live exchange of information. So we do have the re remote live learning coming up. Be glad to have you there. I appreciate your time listening to me this afternoon. Folks, we have been live on Podbean Live this afternoon, sponsored by Jim Supply, where they have been improving lives with cleaning supplies since 1930. It's probably time for me to get off of here this afternoon and say we will be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. But you know what we always want you to do? Majorly with those first responders that we're talking about today, make sure that whatever you do, it is healthy, positive, and proactive. I'll see you tomorrow. We're out of here.